eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to It Is Always Game Day in Buffalo. This was a big week for OTAs. This is the third week of OTAs. They've got one more week left, and then it's time for mandatory minicamp. We've talked about a lot of the different OTA storylines up to this point. Where's Jordan Poyer? How does Josh Allen look? But this week was unique because two things happened. One, we got to hear from Ken Dorsey for the first time since he was hired as the Bills offensive coordinator back in February. He had some interesting things to say. And Sal, maybe more important than any of it, we finally got to see Punt God. We did, and you're the one that took kind of the viral video that's been going around. I believe even Pat McAfee quote-tweeted your tweet with the video, but a lot of people have. But mm-hmm. when you get quote-tweeted by Pat McAfee about a punter, that's saying something, and that's because Matariza actually had a really, really high and long punt. Now, since then, it's kind of been like the Zapruder film where everyone's been dissecting every single millisecond yep. of it. I had it at like 4.9 to 5.0 seconds of hang time. That's in the air. Now, I don't exactly know when it went out of bounds, but mm-hmm. Matt, it was a monster punt. That doesn't mean every one of his punts were like that. You did shoot a lot of his punts. What else did you see from him, and what about that punt specifically? You've got pretty good reflexes based off of your timing because I have it down frame by frame because I can take the video okay. because we shot it and put it in our editing system. So in our editing system, it is 4.86 seconds of hang time. So just under five, we're talking about milliseconds here. And from my vantage point, it looks now, once again, it's a little tricky to tell because of the video. And because obviously I'm looking at it from, you know, the viewfinder of a camera, it looks like it was about 78 yards. It was with the wind that is important in this context. Mm -hmm. That being said, I did shoot a lot of his punts. That's the one that I posted because as I was shooting it, I was like, oh my God. Like, did that actually just happen? That was an absolute boot. So I posted it. It's got like 500,000 views, half a million views. So obviously, Bills fans are really into the whole punt competition thing going into this summer. He had some other punts that were not nearly as good, some that didn't have as much hang time, some that didn't go as far. I mean, that's to be expected. Like, this guy is still kind of just trying to figure out what's going on. This is the first time we've had a chance to see him punt. And I think that we've made a lot of the whole holding conversation. Like, is this guy going to be able to hold? I think he's going to probably be able to figure that out. But the hang time is also relevant because you want to be able to not give up big returns. And even if he kicks it really, really far, 
that means it's going to take everybody on the coverage team a little bit longer to get down the field, and that potentially gives the returner a chance if it's not up in the air. So I think it was a pretty jaw-dropping thing, and it takes me back to the same thing we were talking about in the last episode with Tyler Bass. The first time we saw Tyler Bass kick, he wasn't making all of them. He was missing some of them, but it was like, wow, this guy can make them from 60 yards. You're like, okay, wow, this is what this guy can do. Let's see how he continues to improve, especially in the offseason here. So Matt Hawk also punted. Let's put this into context with him. He punted with the wind. He punted against the wind. I mean, from what I saw, and I was not maybe watching as many punts as you, I do have video of Matt Ariza. I actually focused on him. I was watching his follow-through and things like that. I was more focused on like his process and his operation. You were mm-hmm. following the ball a little bit. But what you saw from Matt Hawk and Matt Ariza, would you say that one was any clearly better than the other necessarily on that day? No. But I also probably wasn't watching it as closely as maybe I was watching more Ariza than I was right. watching Hawk, which is, you know, maybe I should have been paying more attention to him. But I, I kind of feel like I know what he is after last year. Sure. Maybe it was just a bad year. Maybe it's a situation where he didn't get as, you know, as many punts as he's used to because he was on such a prolific offense and it was a little bit trickier for him to get into a rhythm. I wouldn't say, though, that like Matt Ariza is an absolute lock to win the job. Because I think most Bills fans are like, well, just cut Hawk now. Like, Arise is your guy. I wouldn't go to that point yet because Hawk's specialty is his ability to punt the ball with a lot of hang time, and that's why they brought him in. That's something that they value because Bajorquez was more of the bomber, but he had a hard time pinning teams back and putting them in their 20. It felt like every time that guy punted, he just kicked it out of the back of the end zone. So they were clearly looking for something different when they signed Hawk last year. Ariza, I still think, is going to be the favorite. I still think he's probably going to win the job because you've got so many factors. Cost-controlled contract, obviously super raw talent, the ability to let him continue to grow as a player, but I don't think it's over. And I think some people have seen that video and they're like, oh, like this competition's yeah. over. Not I yet. Mean, and, and look, it's a, it's a tremendous punt, but there were a lot of punts that day, and he had a couple that were uh, pretty so-so, mm-hmm. and Matt Hawk had some nice punts and some ones that were pretty so-so. I will also point out, we did not see Matt Ariza hold. No. Now, we make the point, I agree with you. I'm sure it's something he can figure out, but there are a lot, there are a lot of nuances to it, and it's going to come down to what Tyler Bass likes. It's got to be everything, the operation between Reed Ferguson and him and Tyler Bass. But on this particular day, we did not see him hold. And I wonder, Matt, do you think when we're out there, the media, that it's intentional not to have Matt Ariza hold because it becomes a story, especially if there's something he messes up? Oh, yeah. I think that's why after they even they did the punts that they did, the group of the special teams guys, were, so we're talking about Hawk, Ariza, Bass, and Ferguson ran into the field house and continued to work into the field house. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was guessing, I would say that's probably what they were working on. But we don't know for sure because we're not in the field house. But I, do th- I don't know necessarily if it's intentional, but it might just be one of those things where it, it happens to work out that way because when the special teams guys are using the field, then that takes away the field from the offense or the defense or whoever else happens to be out on that field at that time. So I don't know if it's necessarily intentional. It's convenient. And I'm sure at some point we're going to have to see how it all plays out. I don't know if that's going to be when they're in Orchard Park. But when we're in Rochester at St. John Fisher, you really can't hide it. There's three fields. And they're all outside. There's not a field house there. So I'm sure we'll probably see some of it there. And then we'll definitely start to see it more and more as we get farther into the offseason. It's funny because it is still voluntary offseason OTAs right. at this point. 
It was definitely voluntary uh, when we were out there for Josh Allen. We'll get to that in a little while, but a little bit more on what we saw and what we heard this week at OTAs on Tuesday. We're going to be out there as the media again, I believe, next week on Tuesday. They're going to have four sessions, actually, next week. It's the one week they're allowed four sessions. The, the NFL rules are weird. They get three every week. They get four for one week, and then they'll have a mandatory minicamp. But uh, Matt Bove, Sal Capaccio will be out there next Tuesday. In the meantime, when we were out there last Tuesday, we heard from Ken Dorsey. First time we've heard from him as an offensive coordinator. I have to be honest, Matt. I think it's the first time we've heard from him at all as an assistant coach yeah. of the Bills. Like, I, I, I've shared the story a couple times on the radio. The only, like, true interaction I remember with Ken Dorsey since he's been hired is at the Jim Kelly Golf Gala in the hotel, like, in, okay. the, in the ballroom. Yeah. Like, him and I were just passing, hey, coach, how you doing? It was literally, he was just hired a couple months before that. I introduced myself. We chatted a little bit, talked about his Miami Hurricane playing days. Then the pandemic hit, and I don't think we heard from him maybe that year at training camp a little bit, but this is the first time I we heard from Ken Dorsey. Yeah, I don't remember any time that we've heard from him in like a formal setting. Right. I know that over the years we've talked to different members of the offense who are like, oh, yeah, Dorsey's awesome. He's a ton of fun. He's got a ton of energy. I think when we finally heard from him, and then we start to, because it's natural, it's human nature. Like you hear from him, and then you start to ask some of the players on the offense about him because you're curious from both sides of it. And the word that just has been continually, continuously brought up with Dorsey is how competitive he is. Yes. Gabriel Davis even joked that, like, yeah, he's going to figure out if he's going to be a press or on the field, but we're going to make him be up in the press box because he is just such a fierce competitor that he would get himself in trouble and he would get our emotions way too high if he was actually down on the field with us. So obviously that's something that he and Brian Dable both have in common, just how competitive they are. And that's why it has been such a solid fit with Josh Allen these last couple of years. I think he kind of said all the right things. I don't think it's the point yet where we're like, okay, you know, how much, how often do you want to use 11 personnel or how often are you going to be running the ball? Like we're, we're still in the point of OTAs where you don't have your full team there. You don't have your full playbook out yet. Like there's a lot of things that still have to happen. So for me, it was more of like a, what's your general approach. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was looking for from when we talked to him. I wanted to learn more about him. I just wanted yeah. to know about him. Like I had not spoken to him. And one of the things I was interested in is exactly what kind of personality he is. We just had Brian Dable here for four years. We're spoiled as an offensive coordinator to talk to, right? I mean, that guy, look at, I've lived through a lot of Buffalo Bills coaches. You have too, and covered them. And there's a lot of people who aren't very good or don't want to talk to the media. And when it comes to a microphone or a camera, Brian Dable is not one of them. He was very good at it. And he knew exactly how to speak with us. And he was engaging. He was energetic. He would, he would seek us out sometimes to talk to us, right? And say hi at practice or pregame. I was interested. What is Ken Dorsey like? I have to tell you, I was super impressed. I did not expect, I thought I'd get a much more reserved person Mm -hmm. than I got when we were there in that media room talking with Ken Dorsey. I think he showed a spirit. And yes, Mitch Morse said the Holy Spirit comes out in him sometimes (laughs) when he's on the field. But we saw a spirit. We saw an energy. I thought we had honesty from him as much as he could to be Mm -hmm. as forthcoming. We didn't ask him to give us the playbook, of course. But um, I agree with you. I, I wanted to hear about philosophies and background and relationships but more than anything to me it was what's this guy about and i was pretty impressed with it yeah we have actually been spoiled because brian dable was awesome and leslie frazier is awesome and he makes you feel really good about yourself sal or me you know we'll ask a question and they'll be like well sal 
That's a very good question. And then he'll give you a really good, thoughtful answer. And you're like, okay, thanks, Leslie. That makes me feel good about my question. But with <laughs> Dorsey, I did appreciate the Talladega Nights reference. Okay, perfect. He's funny. He's relatable. I like that. And I also liked that he said, like, listen, I don't know how many times we're going to run it. I don't know how many times we're going to pass it. We're going to do whatever we need to do to get one more point or more than our opponent. However that happens, we're going to make sure that it happens. And then when we talked to Gabriel Davis, he was like, Dorsey loves to throw the ball. He's a quarterback. Like He loves the passing game, and he wants to attack every single play. And I think that's what Bills fans want to hear too. They want to see a lot of the similar things we've had these last couple of years because the team has been very successful with maybe a couple wrinkles thrown in. And also, we didn't talk to him, but I finally went over to kind of like the offensive line area, just just kind of see how things are playing out over there. And it was like, oh yeah, Aaron Cromer's here too. Like Aaron Cromer is another change right. that this team is going to have to figure out. And Bobby Johnson was a fiery guy, but Aaron Cromer is also a fiery guy. So it's not just adjusting to Dorsey. It's adjusting to Dorsey and to Cromer, and to Matt Smiley, the new special teams coordinator, and Joe Brady, the quarterback coach. Like There are some changes this year, but the thing that we keep coming back to is sometimes change is good. Sometimes some fresh ideas mixed with the success you've already had leads to even more success. And so our listeners know, in case they didn't know this, the Talladega Nights reference was in uh, response to a question about overseeing the entire offense and not just quarterbacks. He goes from one room to basically everybody. He's got to be in charge of everybody. He's got to go from position to position. He's got to see what's going in and checking in. And here's his quote. Ken Dorsey said, quote, honestly, there's some times where it's like that Talladega Nights where I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> uh, and then he and he lifts up his hands, basically, and he says, sometimes you're like, what am I supposed to do right now? More so like individual on the field, you kind of end up walking in a circle. So, yeah, that was very good. And, um, I appreciated him and a lot of the ways that he said some some things. I, I asked him a question about when he played at Miami. Now, the Miami Hurricanes of the early 2000s were one of the greatest teams ever in college sports, in college football especially. They had a lot of first-round picks. They had so much talent on offense. The quarterback of that team was Ken Dorsey for three years. He left college, I believe, as the winningest quarterback all time in college football. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't considered like this – I don't even think he, he wasn't a Heisman Trophy finalist. He didn't win one. Like he wasn't considered, they didn't win because of him, right? He had all this talent around him. So I asked him a question about what did you learn from all that talent you had around you and how you had to distribute the ball or whatever. Now that you come into a situation, we have all this talent in Buffalo, right? He's not walking into a rebuilding situation as an offensive no. coordinator. And he said, and I think this should make Bills fans feel good. He said, I learned to, let your playmakers make plays, put them in space and don't overcomplicate it. Just know that you got to let your playmakers make plays. Basically. I loved that. And on the heels of that, Gabriel Davis an hour later tells us or whatever, a couple hours later says Dorsey wants to attack every play. He doesn't want to sit back. I think that should give bills fans a lot more hope and enthusiasm who may have been thinking that something was going to get dialed back here with the offense. The thing that I want to see, and we will, time will tell. We won't even know this a month into the season. We might not even know this after his entire season. I do want to know how he works with Sean McDermott mm -hmm. and how much of it is, this is what I want to do, and how much of it is, well, this is what my boss wants me to do. And that was something that we talked about a lot last year with Brian Dable. And why is this team trying to establish the run? And why is this team trying to do things this way when we know their bread and butter is this way? And I think a healthy balance is ultimately 
what's best for the Bills. But at the same time, Ken Dorsey needs to do what Ken Dorsey thinks is going to help this team. And I think Sean, especially after the success they had later in the year last year, probably knows that at this point. He was asked about the ownership that Josh Allen has of the offense. He said, you'd be crazy not to get the quarterback's input or other guys on the team. He Mm -hmm. wants input from his players. He also said there's going to be times where maybe Josh or them want something or they want to go in a different direction. And he's going to say, no, it's got to be this way. And he's going to explain why it's got to be this way. And I think that's good for anybody in those situations to have that communication piece. How many times have we heard Sean McDermott talk about the communication of the room, how important that is. The other point I'll make on this before we move on after Dorsey here is there was a lot made about where he will be calling plays. And I think rightfully so to kind of think about that right now, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. what's he going to do? He doesn't know yet. He doesn't know if he's going to be on the field. He doesn't know if he's going to be in the press box. I mean, heck, Brian Dable, he actually did both throughout his time in Buffalo. He was on the field, then he went to the press box. And I just want to tell people out there that even though I think on the surface it seems that being up in the press box is probably better for most coordinators, and you see a lot of these guys doing it, and they're a controlled environment, and they have their head clear, and they see the field. Let's remember, Ken Dorsey is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has been on the field and battling his whole life as a player and even as a coach, as an assistant coach. That would be foreign to him. Now, I'm not saying he won't do it. I'm not saying he won't prefer it. But I could see, Matt, if he says, I have to be on the field. That's my element. That's where I'm comfortable talking with my players. That's where I'm comfortable seeing things. You never know when guys get in that situation where they maybe go to a different spot and say, I just can't do this. So. I'm going to leave it open here to say, I don't know what he's going to wind up doing. Do whatever works. I don't care where you do it. Do whatever works. If you start the year in the press box and you win a bunch of games in a row, stay in the press box until you lose and then go down to the field and try it down there. If it's the other way, that's great too. As long as you're comfortable and maybe more important than anything, as long as Josh Allen is comfortable, go from wherever you feel, man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 